Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. We are so grateful to have you here. We have a special guest host today, Zoe Flammenbaum. Enjoy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Wise Woman Podcast. We are featuring leading voices in 2019, supporting women to fully show up, connect to their feminine, authenticity, and truth. I'm your host, Zoe Flammenbaum, and I run the School of Shine, where we believe in learning from each other and connecting through the power of women's voices, stories, and actions, so that we may all rise up and shine up and show up to create more love today, tomorrow, and for our entire future. I am super excited to introduce you to our wonderful guest today, Donna Peicher. And Donna is an international motivational speaker. Uh, She just passed 1 million views on her TED speech. She's a hypnotherapist. She's the founder of the Transformation Clinic. And she works with people worldwide in healing different kinds of trauma, stress and anxiety, dealing with autoimmune disorders, and weight loss. Um, Donna, welcome to our show. (laughs) Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here. And because I actually always wonder where podcasts are taking place, where are you in the world today? I'm currently um, in the Middle East. I live uh, sometimes part-time in Israel. I live in Tel Aviv. Um, Not always, but in the moment, right now, I'm here. Nice. And where's the other other time that you spend? Uh, I live in Miami otherwise, and I'm in California a lot too, but mostly Miami. Amazing. And tell us what, what it is you do. How do you spend your days? How do I spend my days? So I, they vary, but mostly, you know, my day-to-day practice is working with people with hypnotherapy. Um, and that's day in and day out with all topics, mostly focusing on trauma And that's the whole umbrella of trauma, anywhere from physical trauma, emotional, sexual, and uh, lately, spiritual trauma, which is something I'm uh, aware of, and um, which is really interesting. It also exists. And so that's my day-to-day. And otherwise, you know, um, I do a lot of work with workshops and speaking engagements and having kind of a larger engagement with people and doing experiential workshops with them. Amazing. And I've been to, I've been privileged enough to have experienced Donna's work before. Um, And I can say that your workshops are definitely life-changing. But can you have to tell me more about spiritual trauma? What, (laughs) (laughs) what, what does this mean? This is like a new term. And I've heard, I mean, I know that there's loads of different kinds of traumas, but what is this spiritual trauma? Wow. Don't get me started. That'll take the whole time we have together. Um, okay. Just give, just give me the nugget. Give me the nugget. Yes, for sure. So spiritual trauma is, I, I mean, let's just say I, I coined that in this moment. Okay. It's not something that is anything that um, will be coined anywhere else. But what I have found also lately is that um, people, when they evolve, and there's a, a big evolution happening, if you believe it or not, a lot of people are having these quote-unquote spiritual awakenings 
whether through their own experiences, whether there's a lot of people doing you know, ayahuasca and stuff like that, which is a, another topic for another time. Nothing I've ever tried. Um, but through these experiences, people are having these spiritual awakenings and that is difficult. When you evolve as a human, when your identity shifts and you become more empathic and you start to um, have this new way of life, that type of thing often is um, difficult. So you don't have to call it trauma necessarily, but I have worked with people that have had really uh, extreme empathic abilities and stuff like that, and they cannot handle the load of emotional energy they're feeling, the world's energy that they're feeling. So clearing that out um, is also an aspect of working with the subconscious mind to kind of clear out that stuff. I, okay, I understand. Uh, so tell that us a sense. little bit. Yeah, that makes sense. Um, <laughs> yes, totally. Um, people evolving, trauma, energy, meh. Um, yeah. Basically. Um, so wait, tell us, tell us, so you work, I mean, you use the modality of hypnotherapy to, to work with these different kind of clients and people. So let's, can we dive into that subconscious mind for a moment and, and tell us how you use this tool um, to help people. And then I have another bunch of questions for you. <laughs> sure. sure. So the subconscious mind is extraordinarily important, if not the most important part in, I think, a therapeutic treatment to work with. Why? Because the subconscious mind is the reason we breathe without thinking about it. It's the reason our blood flows. We don't have to think about it. We're blinking our eyes. Every single autonomic function is happening without our willpower. So if there is um, any type of behavioral shift or any type of deep emotion or any type of emotion period that is just stagnant and stuck, you have to work with the subconscious mind in order to release it. So you can talk and talk and talk about the fact that you're depressed for year after year after year after year, but the conscious insight, even if you know exactly why you don't feel well, that conscious insight doesn't do much because you don't feel well. So you have to work on the feeling. And where does the feeling come from? The subconscious mind. The subconscious mind is what is sending out the messages of what you're feeling. So until you work with the subconscious mind, you're not doing much. And hypnotherapy just happens to be one of the most profound techniques to work with the subconscious mind. And, and can you tell me a little bit how, what led you into this, into this path of hypnotherapy and learning how to work with the subconscious mind? Sure. So I never thought I'd be a hypnotist. It was never something I was even remotely interested or knew about even. Uh, it was not on my radar until it had to be out of necessity. And um, the story goes that nearly eight years ago or more than eight years ago now, I was in a near fatal car accident. And due to this accident, I was smashed from head to toe. Um, I was just left handicapped. I could barely walk or talk. And due to the accident, I knew that I needed a big time intervention of you know, psychological work because I had trauma. I knew that 30 seconds before the accident, I was one human being. After the accident, it's done. Like I'm not that same person anymore. And I knew I needed psychological help. So I sought out therapy and um, it was really nice, but nothing shifted. I was still a traumatized girl. 
And it wasn't until I found a trauma therapist who, had I known she'd done hypnosis, like she was doing that, I probably would not have gone to her um, because I didn't, again, know what it was and it wasn't relevant to me. Um, I did not know that, but she came with a very, very high referral by a woman who survived cancer. And so I went to her and she basically said to me, you know, I do this interesting thing called hypnosis. So I said, okay, anything and everything I'm willing, I'm open, except for that, but that you don't touch me, like not interested, not happening. Um, eventually after a number of sessions, um, when I got to liking her, we did it. And even within the first session, I left feeling lighter. I wasn't exactly aware of what she was doing. Now I get it. Now, I, of course, I understand it. But back then, I just know that, okay, interesting. I feel a bit lighter. Basically, within a month and a half, all my trauma was gone. The next month, my depression. The next month, my anxiety. So that was the first tidbit as to how it was first relevant to me. But still after that, I mean, I used to work in the media as a reporter. I was still not interested in getting into it. Um, but then some other opportune moments came in the future that made it relevant again. And then I decided to pursue it professionally. And so <clears throat> um, where, where are you today um, in, in regards to, you know, where kind of like where your, your personal life has led you to, to shift into this major profession? Where am I today with my profession? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So, wow, my profession has evolved a lot. Um, what's interesting is, so I started with a one-on-one -on -one practice, you know, people, the moment I had my first clients as a hypnotist, I became a hypnotist. It was a very exciting day because when you learn a skill, oftentimes when people want to become a, a practitioner or an entrepreneur, um, you know, there's the fear behind now what? Now that I learned the skill, now what do I do? So the moment I had my first client, I became a hypnotist. It was confirmed to me that this is my new life path. Um, and then bit by bit, you know, I started developing a clientele. So now, I mean, for better or for worse, I, I get like 30 to 50 emails a day of people that want to work with me, which I wouldn't even have conceptualized a couple of years ago. Um, and I've evolved into doing, wanting, and doing more group and mass healing, meaning that, uh, and it's like a, a workshop you've attended before where there are people that come and it's usually a specific topic um, or it's not, you know, people come and, and they bring whatever they want to heal. But the idea is I don't even know, the, the beauty of it is, is I don't even know what people are bringing. But by the time they leave after the session, um, I have comment after comment after comment, like I've been working with this with my therapist for about a year, two years now, and within 30 minutes, it's gone. And they don't even tell me what they're going through. So the beauty of this work is the fact that the mind can heal very rapidly if you let it, and that's it. So that's kind of where I'm at now. I do a lot of um, more group work, and then I have uh, courses as well that people can do self-healing um, weight loss, autoimmune recovery. And so people can even take it into their own hands, which is amazing. That's amazing. And um, hypnotherapy has also always intrigued me. I wonder what you, what you love about it as work. Um, 
and also how it feels to kind of, you know, introduce yourself as a hypnotist and like what, what the reactions are of, of people um, in general. That's funny. There was a time period where I stopped wanting to introduce myself as a hypnotist because I was just, every time, obviously, you introduce yourself as a hypnotist, someone, the first reaction is, oh, are you with like the little watch clock, you know, the little thing that swings back and forth or, oh, you know, I'm scared of you or, oh, you know, because there's so little information about what it really is. So there was a time period I was like, you know, I'm just going to tell people I'm a lawyer because no one, no one there's no follow-up questions. Okay. Great. You know? So um, when I tell people that I'm a hypnotist, I do usually get um, a lot of intrigue, which is great because people don't know about this work. So I am honored to be a mouthpiece for this work because it's so relevant. And I really feel it's going to become mainstream very quickly. Um, when I started, pretty much everyone that I told thought I was a bit nuts because like, especially if I told any sort of doctors that I work with hypnosis for physical disease, they're like, you're, there's why it doesn't even make sense. Now, the moment I talk to any doctor, um, they get it because what I do is reduce the fight or flight stress response that is creating the symptom. So now when I talk to doctors, they're all on board. When I first started, I got laughed at, scoffed at, told them that like kind of stupid, um, hmm. but I stuck through it. And, and what's, what's shifted between when you started and today? Um, to kind of get people's perspective and to get like medical perspectives to, to shift? What's, what's the big difference? Well, unfortunately, I think a lot more people and a lot of doctors, I work with a lot of doctors, are getting ill. They don't feel well. And their pill prescription doesn't do anything for them in particular. Um, and also on a positive note, you know, there's a lot more um, yoga and meditation in the mainstream mindfulness is more mainstream now just the culture of mind body has blown open so had i started now yeah people instantly be like okay i get it but i started before um so i actually am considered one of the pioneers of working with the mind and body in this way and being a big advocate and spreading the message and oftentimes the biggest comments i get with people when they watch some of my videos on YouTube is you're the first person to connect all these dots for me because before that I had an, an inkling like I had a feeling that the trauma that I incurred when I was a kid is now kind of buzzing in my nervous system but it wasn't until you said it so directly that it all made sense well, thank you, Miss Pioneer, for doing the work that you do <laughs> and for, for being a mouthpiece too because it isn't, it isn't easy to be kind of, um, you know, the odd one out and it isn't easy to suffer through, you know, the personal trauma that you suffered through and, and come out so strongly on the other side and, and help people that the way that you help people. So um, really, thank you for doing the work that you do. And um, I guess a question is in, in terms of the people that you see um, or in terms of what is, you know, trending right now. And I think you kind of said it right, that the culture of the mind body has blown open and that we are kind of 
as the world is is rising and revolutionizing into like a more holistic approach. So are you seeing any specific trends or um, hot topics that, that that people are kind of coming to you with and and you're you're starting to to heal or focus or, or touch on? Yeah, you know, it's interesting. When I first started working, I first started working with what any typical hypnotist will start working with, which is to quit smoking. Every hypnotist starts mm -hmm. by basically quit smoking um, because most hypnotists, what we do is we do um, lifestyle stuff, which would be weight loss, quit smoking, and habits or stress relief. Um, what I have been noticing, and again, what I'm a big mouthpiece for, is that if you can use hypnosis and you can quit an addiction of smoking within one, two, three sessions, why are we not translating this exact same technique to working with depression, to working with anxiety? Why are people not taking this? You know, it sounds like such a common sense leap. If you quit cigarettes, that you hadn't you'd been smoking for 27 years and it worked that easily, why are we not translating it to deeper things? So that's how I started. Um, and then through different epiphanies I was having through my own personal life and through clientele, um, I started working with physical disease, which I'm one of a few that actually work with physical disease through hypnosis. Um, that being said, the, I think the population of the world as a whole, as I can make a generalization of everything I've seen, and it's not everyone, but a lot of people are evolving. And so that being said, normal therapy cannot sustain the way it used to, because the issues that we are dealing with are different now. You know, you, you can talk to a, um, a therapist about the fact that you're really sensitive to the energy around you because you're empathic now, but that doesn't change the fact that you're empathic and you've evolved to a certain extent and now you feel all the energy around you and you're suffering and have pain in your body most people that i work with now are very highly conscious and they kind of have pain in their body and fatigue literally because their nervous system is a sponge so you can talk about the fact that you feel pain and fatigued but until you work with the subconscious mind to empty that bucket of what you've absorbed into your sponge, it's not relevant. So that's where I'm at now. And do you see um, do you see something specific uh, in in women? Is there a trend that's happening that is like different between between men and women, or is that kind of is everyone kind of experiencing the, the same kind of evolution? Um, what do you, cause I, I mean, in theory, not in theory or in actuality, um, women ought to, do tend to be more depressed than men. Women do tend to, you know, uh, I don't know if they experience more body pain, um, but we certainly, you know, have, uh, more, more challenging processes that are happening within our bodies naturally. So I guess in terms of simply women, do you see something specific um, I know you mentioned fatigue and pain, and I can certainly relate to that as well. Um, you know, being kind of a go, go, go kind of woman and, you know, having to reach that burnout point before stepping back and being like, wait a second, uh, I need to seek help. I need to do something nice for myself. Um, what are you, what are you seeing in the, in the woman's world? 
Definitely. You know, it's true. I work with both men and women, but I, I happen to be working majority with women. And women, we are complex creatures. So we are vibrantly, um, uh, we can be vibrantly intellectual, vibrantly emotional, vibrantly sensitive. And we just have this, you know, I think men tend to be, not all men, again, if there's a spectrum of all humans, but I think men tend to be more linear. So linear and intellect is great together. But nowadays women, um, we're educated, we're told to go out there, be independent, go on your own. So we are, we are really tipping into that linear mindset, that more masculine drive. Um, but we also have this feminine uh, nature. So what I've been seeing, and this is also part of my life story and what I'm becoming more aware of, is that a lot of these chronic illness issues that we're having of the pain and fatigue is, <coughs> excuse me, our feminine side is basically yelling at us, okay? It's saying, slow down, take a second for yourself, take a breath. Um, and the reason the pain comes so dramatically and it comes and it goes and it's, it's not every single day, but there's a flare up. Oftentimes it's because our psyche, that part of our psyche that is our nature, our feminine, uh, is rebelling, which is something I'm really fascinated by lately. So a lot of our generations, a lot of our generation has been taught to be masculine, which is not a bad thing. Um, all humans have masculine and feminine sides. But what we're learning nowadays is that it's not doing us so well. Yes, we have careers and yes, we're independent, but there is an aspect of our nature that we've completely ignored. And that pain and fatigue is the reminder and the rebellion of take care of yourself. You just touched on like every single thing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> like literally everything because it is true i mean not even by choice but we live in a in a in a man's world let's say um, yeah. they wrote the stories they wrote the bo books they built the system and there is this evolution towards you know a more feminine nature and more feminine voices are rising and um there is a power shift that is happening um but i guess from your perspective like how What's the first stage in, in even becoming aware of that within ourselves and, and how to bring a better balance into, you know, what that means um, between like within ourselves or from our own masculine energy and our own feminine energy? How do we, what are the, the best ways to like create this, a better balance, I guess? Wow. Whew, that's a question. A good one. Um, yeah. And that's another question uh, that we could take the rest of our time with, but I'll, I'll try to sum it up. So it's very important to begin the listening process um, because everyone's an individual. So I can't tell you one specific thing or a handful of specific techniques or tricks to do to start listening to your feminine, but I even think just the awareness that this is even a thing is a big deal. Um, because when I first started learning about this and first started having insight and um, I actually love being masculine. I love my masculine energy. I feel safe in it. I feel in control. 
But what it did for me in building my career, it ruined in my love life, right? Mm. What it did for me in building a business and having confidence and blazing forward, it, it exhausted me in my health and my hormones and my everything. So I think just the awareness is a big deal. And then, you know, little by little start embodying feminine practices. What does that mean? And it's really annoying. It's so funny because when I first started learning about feminine practices, I could not be bothered. Mm-hmm. Like, leave me alone. I like being strong. I like, and it's not as if feminine is not strong because there's a feminine strength. But it's, it's actually very uncomfortable when you are taught to be masculine and you're so comfortable keeping your guard up and, and driving and, and being this strong, you know, presence and force. It's very uncomfortable to all of a sudden recognize that you need to switch your energy, you know, what you know about everything you exude into the world in order to feel better in relationships and in your health. So feminine energy is all about you know, nurturing, softness, it's about intuition, it's about creativity, Um, it's about feeling things rather than uh, analyzing things. So I remember when I first started becoming more feminine and it was against my wishes, (laughs) I was kind of, you know, happening to me and as uh, it's a whole other story for another time. Um, when I first started tapping more into the feminine, I realized that I could not run my business the way I used to. Zero. Like if I knew I had to be like, let's say at a speaking engagement in a month from now, and I, it was on my calendar and I knew I had to be there. I, in the past, would obviously like a month before, two months before, I'd book a plane ticket. It's like done. As I was becoming more intuitive and feeling into decision making and like, okay, am I going to go there before a couple days? Am I going to stay? Am I going to... It drove me nuts. I couldn't book a plane ticket, (laughs) you know? So it was very different. I had to feel into the moment and make intuitive decisions about my business rather than just strategic. And so where, where are you now in terms of like playing with this feminine and masculine energy? Not like, I think not only for your business, but like you said, how you, how you're bringing it into your personal life and your love life and, and your, your own, um, your own health. Sure. Well, I think playing is the perfect word because I'm learning. And if I were to take this way more seriously, which I did in the past, I was like, all right, <laughs> I'll tell you a funny story. Mm-hmm. I was uh, dating someone, actually my ex, and we were just starting dating. And um, I just started learning about like feminine energy and dating. Right. So we went to the beach and he was buying something and I wanted a bottle of water, right? So I brought a bottle of water and everything in me was like, I'm going to buy this bottle of water. I'm going to buy it. I was like, oh my God, shut your mouth. Don't say anything. Don't do anything. Let him buy the water, right? <laughs> it's a water bottle. Mm-hmm. So why was it so distressing for me? Because when we're in our masculine, when we want to take control, what we do is we emasculate our partners. It's so subtle. It's so, so subtle. But in that moment, making that decision to shut my mouth was so uncomfortable for me because I'm so used to being dominant. So even in the subtlest moments, you just like, you evolve, you make a decision, you make a choice moment by moment, and it's difficult. 
So where am I now? I'm way more comfortable being feminine. I'm way more comfortable letting people take care of me, which I never did in the past. means I trust more. I trust human beings more. I'm more vulnerable. I'm able to be more intimate. I'm able to cry in front of someone and not be strong all the time. And, and I'll tell you what, even looking a little crazy in front of, you know, like um, my partner now, it's like catnip. They want more. You know, the more crazy and angry and sad and like just raw and vulnerable you can be, it's like, whoa, it's a feminine, you know, energy. So I'm way more comfortable um, being in the feminine and not feeling like it means I'm weak. I'm feeling strong in it. Um, But it took training and it took discipline. Um, And it sounds so stupid but we have been taught everything to counter that. So it's been a really interesting process. Thank you for sharing that. I totally (laughs) connect Um, and definitely also can relate to, you know, really trying to practice being more feminine and and letting letting down the walls that have been built up throughout the years. Um, And yeah, I'll come to you for... First date advice later. <laughs> Let them buy the water. Yes. Um, okay. So, do you have any? We're gonna we're gonna close up soon. But I have two more questions for you. Do you have like if you were gonna kind of share one piece of practical advice with this world of women to take forward, um, given your, you know, your bank of, of knowledge and given what you, you know, think, um, we women need, what's like the one practical piece of, of information you have to share with us? Okay. Uh, interesting. Let me think into that or feel into it rather. Um, The pain in our body, I'll just say it like this. Usually the sensations that we have in our body are messages, okay? And even if it's painful or uncomfortable, usually what our subconscious mind is doing is talking to us. It is the way of communication. So emotions are just communication tools. So again, with this um, feminine um, rising and, and, and stuff like that, a lot of what's happening in the, the world is it's not, I don't even um, really relate to disease so much anymore as more sensitivity. We're way more sensitive to the messages coming up. So if we can relate and have insight to what our body's trying to tell us, oftentimes the body will release it the moment we learn the message. And there's obviously deeper techniques to kind of have it come up quicker so we don't have to suffer. Obviously no one wants to suffer. And I also think a big thing is um, having people you can talk to and that's it. And, and having, you know, some sort of community that is um, there for you to go to and, and uh, of like mind, because it's very important to, to feel connection. Cheers to that sister. Thank you for sharing uh, that. Um, definitely. Um, you know, as women, I think, I think our relationship with our body and feeling into those sensations and those clues and those hints is, you know, a perfect starting point um, or, you know, con- continuum that we as women should always kind of be feeling into and, and knowing ourselves. The more we know ourselves, the better. Um, okay. So the last question <clears throat> is if every woman in the world 
was listening to us right now and you had one message to share, what, what would it be? Oof. One message. Don't take no for an answer. Uh, that's it. Don't take no for an answer. And that's been my message for a little while now because when I was first sick and like dead on the side of the road and depressed, um, no one told me that there were resources out there. Pretty much everyone told me medication. That's it. Mm -hmm. um, but I kept my path open and I kept uh, saying, you know, no, like this is, this is not it. So, and when it comes to career, when it comes to any type of thing, you know, eventually the healing will come and eventually you will meet the people that your desires are meant to meet. Um, and especially when it comes to creating our reality, it's all possible. The only thing that's not in our control is the timing in which it happens because the majority of our life is to learn our lessons, right? And so you certain, certain times you have to go through certain growth periods before what you desire comes, but it'll always come. It's just the only thing that's out of our control is the timing in which it comes. Mm. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing that. Um, and to every woman who's listening, we're all in growth period, right? So may we just continue to grow. Um, Donna, where can, we, where can we find you online? So you can find me on my website. It's my name, uh, D-A-N-N-A-P-Y-C-H-E-R.com. Uh, you can feel free to email me there. I also have the self-healing courses, um, which would be courses.danapeitcher.com. And <clears throat> you can go there. And also for like events and workshops and stuff like that, um, you can follow me on my Facebook, which is also Dana Peitcher, or my Instagram, which is Mind Coaching. So all of the above. Cool. Thank you. you Thank you so, so much for being here. Thank you so much for sharing your wisdom. Um, and thank you for doing the work that you do because it's very inspiring and um, I, I, you, you know, you have your number one fan right here. And uh, mm -hmm. hopefully you will be able to share and shine this message out to the world and, and really help the masses of people that, uh, that, that need it. So thank you, Donna. Um, and for everyone listening, thank you for listening. Um, please feel free to share, subscribe, comment below or whatever, wherever above, to the side, to the right, to the left, um, and continue to share wise words with women around the globe. Um, and we love hearing from you, so keep reaching out. Big love, and looking forward to chatting again next week. Thank you, wise women, signing off. <laughs>